eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. A lot of pressure on Brent Venables heading into year two at Oklahoma, but optimism is certainly there for a bounce back in 2023. It is Monday, May 15th. This is the College Football Daily. I am Lance Glenn. First off, I hope every mom out there had a very nice and relaxing Mother's Day. On today's episode, we're going to talk Oklahoma, and in just a moment, I'm going to throw it to a part of a conversation from last week's football recruiting podcast as Andrew Ivins and Cooper Patagna were joined by Colin Kennedy to talk about the Sooners. You can find the whole episode wherever you find your podcast by searching for the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. If you want everything you need regarding Oklahoma football, basketball, and athletics as a whole, make sure to head over to Sooners Illustrated and get that VIP subscription. Seriously, the best OU coverage you could ask for, bar none. So without holding you any longer, here are Colin, Andrew, and Cooper talking Oklahoma's 2023 outlook and Sooner football as a whole. You said the offense is a bigger question mark than the, the defense. The defense finished what? 122 nationally in total D, giving up 461 yards a game last season. Uh, give us some more. Shed some more okay. light on that. But Ivan, did you even watch the spring game? Don't you know you're supposed to go all in on the spring game takeaways? Like you're supposed to go completely 100% off the cliff whenever they show signs of improvement on that side of the ball in the spring game. But in all seriousness, I think, again, you look at some of the losses on the offensive side of the ball, and those guys are – Serious contributors. I didn't even mention Marvin Mims, right, who gets drafted, is one of the better wide receivers in that room. The wide receiver room is still a massive question mark. It feels like at almost every position group, there is still a question mark there, even a quarterback, right, with Jackson Arnold coming in and Dylan Gabriel needing to take a step forward. On a defensive side of the ball, I think there's a couple things you have to acknowledge. Number one, they look to be not only more improved but deeper in the secondary, which is massive. Then you look at the linebacker room. I think there are five, six guys that they're really excited about now that Kobe McKenzie is taking a step forward. The guys who are expected to start in Danny Stutzman and Jaron Kanick, they are obviously what they are and what they could eventually become. Kip Lewis showed out in the spring game. He needs to add weight, but if he does so over the course of the summer. I mean, he's a tackling machine. Gabe Brooks and I, shout out to our guy Gabe. I loved 
Kip Lewis in space. And I think Brent Venables would be able to maximize that. And then on the defensive line, they bring in some really talented transfers. I think that that room is fairly deep on paper. Guys need to improve, of course, but Rondell Bothroyd coming in as a transfer, I think he's going to be really good at defensive end. They brought in some defensive tackles. I think some other guys took some steps forward. And then I'll tell you the really fascinating aspect of the defense that I think has everyone excited. The cheetah position, what they call it, which is essentially the glorified nickel. Desan McCullough, I mean, the dude, when I was covering him in 7-on-7, seven seven, he was playing high safety at 6'5 and, what, 220 pounds. I mean, he's always been an athletic freak. He now steps into that cheetah role, and he's shown more physicality than I think some expected. He flies around. He looks like an SEC-style football player. I mean, you go out on the field, and he just kind of looks a little bit different than everyone else. And then behind him, this is the other big thing, Justin Harrington, who came from the JUCO ranks, is like 6'3", 230-ish pounds, maybe 225 he was someone that Oklahoma always felt like could emerge into something. And it took him a little bit to get there. The, the, the path has been anything but status quo, but he's also shown a ton of improvement over the course of the spring. And it seems like it's all coming together for him from a mentality perspective. And so with those two and then the rest of the defense that I mentioned, I mean, you have to look at over the offensive side of the ball. All those guys are gone. I hate to say it, but like, the defense probably has more signs of positivity than the offense right now. And they'll probably try and fix that in the transfer portal, but still that's where we are today. Colin, you know, what's interesting to me is, you know, I just uh, did a, a, a radio hit in Atlanta and there was a lot of questions about Florida and Billy Napier, right? And they finished with the same record as Oklahoma did in year one and Brent Venables. We talk a lot about Billy Napier and the trajectory forward for that program going into year two. They've done a really good job on, on the recruiting trail. There's some question marks, as you mentioned, similar to Oklahoma in, in some position rooms uh, that are a little bit illuminating. I just kind of wonder, this was a team that had expectation, expectations to win last year, and they <laughs> fell short of that. So I, I wonder, Going into year two, you take the temperature, especially when you, you throw in the Red River rivalry game that was so lopsided and you're shut out of that. What happens if, if Oklahoma falls short of expectations again this year and, and you're looking at a seven and five season as opposed to that over under being at nine and a half? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question because I don't know that the national scene truly has a pulse of how Oklahoma fans are feeling. And and we know that OU fans are a little bit, let's say, extravagant in the social media realm, right? But I, I truly do believe, and they would probably say the same thing, that there is a, a general level of understanding coming off of last year. To add some context here, I mean, Oklahoma saw probably the biggest amount of roster turnover that they had ever seen in, in program history. Once Lincoln Riley left, a ton of guys obviously left for either USC or other destinations in the portal. Brent Venables and that new staff comes in. Natural roster turnover takes on from there. And it's just, it's a completely different scene than it had even been, obviously, around the time that Bedlam was being played. And so that roster last year, while Oklahoma is always going to be expected to win, it was going to be really hard to get that group all on the same page that rapidly in order to meet the level of expectation. And I would tell you that double-digit wins in Norman is the consistent expectation regardless of what you're you're facing. And so 
I think of the fan base, honestly, saw last year as kind of a rebuilding year. And I, I think that's really encouraging for the fan base to kind of say, okay, Brent Venables is our guy. We understand what he has had to go through, and we understand the, the shock value that was brought to Norman and how he tried to, to right the ship. But then going off of that, now you understand that and you say, okay, you get that rebuild year. Now it's time to go. And, and especially as we get into the schedule here in a second, like Oklahoma has talent. They have guys coming in, especially from the portal, who should be able to help you win a lot of football games. And now you have some depth in the quarterback room, which is an interesting storyline to follow. I'll put it lightly. But on top of that, you're, you're getting another year of these guys in your program. You're getting more guys who fit your mold, right? There are some very intriguing freshmen coming in who I think will be able to contribute. And so overall, this is kind of the year where I think Brent Venables really needs to start getting things going in the right direction because if he doesn't, the SEC is on the horizon. And you have to capitalize on building your program up now, especially when you're able to dodge some Big 12 thorn in your sides, if you will, like Kansas State. So I, I really do think that Brent Venables kind of got a year of flack, and, and deservedly so, but this season, man, he really needs to start winning because I think the Oklahoma fan base has been understanding, but they can only be so to an extent. You you have me, my ears perked up with that comment about the quarterback situation. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah, You keep, you keep bringing up the schedule, um, and, and let's get into it. Open up against Arkansas State at home, SMU at home, at Tulsa. I would think that's probably a 3-0 a and start, and then at Cincinnati, Iowa State, Red River shootout. Or what do they what do they call it now? Did I say that right? Red River Showdown, Showdown. I, whatever you want to call. Okay, it. Okay, okay. I don't I don't know if we're gonna get flack for that. I was gonna say I don't know what what corporate entity is gonna call us, but we'll have some fun with it. Okay, bye week. UCF at home at Kansas at Oklahoma State, West Virginia at BYU, and then you finish with TCU. Uh, we keep mentioning nine and a half is is the win total, but. Is there one game on there where you're like, he's got to get this one, or this is kind of the the measuring stick in your eyes? Is there one you have circled maybe in that that first five or six before the bye week or maybe before Texas? I, I would say in the first few games before Texas, if there is a slip-up on the road at Cincinnati, then we have a serious issue because I think – the outside world is going to say, oh, Cincinnati, they were in the playoff not too long ago. They're a pretty solid program. They're a new addition to the Big 12. They'll probably have a whole bunch of, of fire surrounding them. And then on top of that, that's that's a road game. That's at Cincinnati. So maybe that's a slip-up. But I look at that program, right? A lot of those elite players are gone. That's a new coaching staff coming in. I don't think a lot of people are talking about that. Transfer portal turnover, the quarterback spot. I believe they don't want it. Like, no one's talking about Emory Jones, Mike, is projected starter. <laughs> well, I, I don't even know that I really want to talk about Emory Jones right now, right? I don't know that I have anything great to say at this at this time. But, but look, like, if they go out there and slip up and then you have to play Iowa State and Texas before you get to the bye, that we have a problem. And so I think that the Cincinnati game will be very interesting. But if we expand – Beyond that, and I'm sure we will probably get into this now, but we get into the rest of the schedule. That's where you obviously should be more so worried about the slip ups rather than Cincinnati or before.
A big thanks to Colin for joining Cooper and Andrew on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. You can find the whole episode wherever you find your podcast just by searching for the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Make sure to check out more of Colin's work and everything you need to know about Oklahoma football on Sooners Illustrated. Make sure to give us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And of course, head on over to the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel and click that subscribe button. So for Colin, Andrew, and Cooper, I am Lance Glenn. Thanks for listening to the College Football Daily, and we'll talk to you later this week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.